Hi, it's Vana. Welcome to Midlife Confidence. I found that bringing our glow back in our middle years comes from learning to manage our own mind. It's time to love your life and love yourself. Join me on a journey as we discover our midlife confidence. I'm so excited today to share this podcast episode with you because we're continuing to talk about purpose, living our purpose. And I invited a guest today, someone who is living her purpose in an impressive way. And it's someone that I love and admire a lot. And I get a front row seat to see what she's doing in her life. It's my sister, Trina, Trina Limpert. (laughs) And Trina was born when I was in junior high. So that kind of tells you, you know, where we are in our family. Her birthday was on Halloween, which is pretty cool. So she's 47 and she's the mom of three beautiful blonde boys and the stepmom to five more awesome kids. So she and her husband, Andrew, are raising eight kids together. And on top of that, Trina has an impressive 25 year career in tech. She's currently the Senior Director of Customer Experience Consulting at Oracle, and she's worked at eBay for quite a few years. While she was there, she was the director or president of a group called Women at eBay, and that just feeds into her lifelong interest in promoting women and diversity and leadership for women in technology careers. I remember going to Trina's graduation, her MBA that she earned at the University of Utah. At the time, she was a working mom with three young boys, working full-time, and she managed to pull off this MBA. So she's always been so impressive. And since then, she's also founded a company called Rise Next, which ties right in with her mission of helping women re-enter the workforce or transition their careers and get more involved in technology. And they've been partnering with the Tech Moms program, helping women get started in that. If I were going to describe Trina in two words, I would say she's a woman of grace and resilience. She's just bounced back from so much in her life. So, so excited that you get to meet her today. And you're going to make me cry, like right off the bat. That's not a good way to get started on (laughs) it. It's so fun for both of us to be on here together. And -hmm. I just want Trina to tell you a little bit about her life and and some things that will help you get to know her better. Yeah, this is so fun, Vana. I'm like so excited, like that the sisters, we get to do this, right? And and that we've both found similar purposes uh, is really amazing to me and, and really exciting. And, and uh, hello to everybody out there that's going to be listening, really have a lot to share. And so we're going to try and get much in as we can throughout this session. But, you know, growing up, Vaughn and I were in a, a mixed family of his, hers and ours of 10 kids. If, if nobody knows that about Vana, she's the oldest, the one we all look up to and admire within the family and grateful for her example. And throughout my life, you know, she was the first that went to college and, you know, coming from a, our parents didn't finish schooling or, or get a higher education. And so that was always such a big example to me in my life and, and uh, being able to look up to her for that, you know, growing up, we lived 
in a lot of different places. We moved around a lot. We learned to shuffle. And that's probably how throughout my whole career in life, I've just learned to deal with the ambiguity and the moving and the shuffling and the change that was always happening. But we always had this really solid family foundation base that's been, you know, really grateful that in, in my life, being able to know no matter what else happens, I've got my family there, right? And those that are so supportive. But as I grew up and I was moving into probably my later high school years and trying to figure out my life, I always share the story of where I kind of had my turning point of really committing to going to school and getting an education and got out of my high school and found myself working and riding our little brother Justin's bike to a fast food restaurant called Vittles because I'd lost my driver's license. And here I am riding a bike to a fast food restaurant and not making any money, trying to figure my life out. And I'm like, I cannot, <laughs> I can't live this life. This is not going to work for me. And so I saved up all of my little vittles dollars and got into school at Utah Valley University, just enough to get into my first semester and just start to figure things out. And I'd always loved engineering. You know, our, our dad had always worked on steel buildings and drafting. And I think maybe that's where some of that maybe it came from, but I always loved engineering and architectural design and happened to take a computer science class. And that was it for me. I shifted. I, I moved into computer science and never looked back and have had this really amazing career that spanned for 25 years. And I kept wondering, like, where are all the women at? Like these tech jobs are mom jobs. For everybody out there listening, if you're looking to make a career transition, I'm telling you, look me up. Tech jobs are mom jobs. There is a fit for everyone. It's not what you think. And so that's now the work I do at Rise Next is we put together a program called Tech Moms. We help transition women into the tech industry, but really focus a lot more now on transforming lives. And part of that is career transition. And so really working on a lot of personal development, as well as the professional development, and then the tech skills, right? It's all of those things that we've, we put together. So that's kind of really fast <laughs> life journey, right? Yeah. In 30 seconds. <laughs> right. Awesome. So Trina, what are some of the things that happened in your life personally that helped you have a heart for women who are trying to get started and care for their families and looking for a way to do that? it's really interesting as I do a lot of public speaking and talk about, you know, my career and what I've done. And it always seems like it's nice and rosy. And I talk about, you know, all these opportunities in my career and tech, but there was always this offset challenge happening in my life that I had to work through that we don't always get the opportunity to talk about the hard things, right? The things that really help strengthen us and build us and give us character or what and allow us to grow, you know, career is one thing, but in addition to my career, you know, definitely trying to figure out my own way and having to be independent financially and figure that out forced me into getting an education, figuring out how to make my next tuition payment, how to struggle that struggle I had all the time growing up of figuring out how to make financial ends meet. You know, it was not easy. It was staying hard, you know, all those years in school and working full-time. I have not, I've worked full-time my whole career, plus gone to school and done all of this on top of a family. It's just, that's what you had to do. And even now, as I talk to my kids and they're like, well, that was you, mom, you know, I'm not going to do blah, blah, blah. It's just like, <laughs> why not? <laughs> I, I have a hard time. Like, 
that's just what you did. You just had to get through. You had to, you lived that struggle and, and got through that. But I also had to go through a really hard experience going through a divorce and dealing with some really hard issues with an ex-husband that was an addict. And that was a massive challenge for me and my family and my boys and figuring out, even though I had this career, which I was very fortunate to have financially to be able to take care of my family. I recognize not a lot of women have that when they go through that experience of divorce and life transformation and trying to figure it out on your own, not having the financial basis to be able to be and stand on your own feet was kind of an awareness for me that wow, I'm really fortunate I had this where not a lot of women did. Mm-hmm. And I had done some mentoring with an amazing organization called People Helping People. And they help single women transition into careers and recognizing simple things like not knowing how to run a budget, not knowing how to make ends meet, not right. Some of those basic things um, started doing some work to help with that, building a resume, how to interview, how to get into a job. What are the jobs? You know, You know, this is... 10, you know, 10, 15 years of, of this, that I'd been doing this on the side within my career and had these life disruptions. Right. And I just always had to work through it. Like it, it wasn't an option to not, you, Mm -hmm. you just have to dig your heels in and go, okay, how am I going to get through this one? And then I thought at one point in my life, I'm going to be, I'm going to be this big real estate mogul. I'm going to get out of the tech thing, which I should never have done, but I got into real estate really heavy and thought, well, you know, here I am, I'm getting, I'm working full time. I've got these young kids. Oh, maybe I'll go to grad school. And by the way, I'm going to buy a bunch of houses and be a real estate mogul. And so I had bought a, a number of homes. We own 14 homes at the point. Uh, I went through my divorce at the same time, the 2008 recession hit. So not only am I going through a divorce, all of my homes are, you know, half the value of what they had been before. I'm running around evenings after work, with my kids in the car, trying to take care of, you know, really poor tenants that are just destroying my houses, things are happening. It just was complete chaos. Like I, I can't even describe the chaos that was happening in my life at this point. Mm -hmm. And just then not being very emotionally well through all of that, like trying to find time for myself was, I look back and go, you should have just taken some time for yourself. But I worked through that and, you know, kind of found what I call my, I call it my true Celeste. My middle name is Celeste. Mm-hmm. And, and it was like that whole process allowed me to find my true self. I had to start getting rid of the stuff that didn't matter anymore. You know, the, mm-hmm. the marriage, the bad marriage. And I kept just cleaning up after somebody else all the time and, and getting out of that and getting my head straight of like, well, what is really me, not me taking care of everybody else and their problems. And I had to find my own strengths and what I'm really good at. And it wasn't real, you know, I was good at it, but you know, recessions really throw some big wrenches in your, in your life dreams there. So I was like, okay, time to clean that up, get rid of that and sold all my homes, got out of the real estate business, haven't looked back. And that was really hard to let go of. Right. And you know, so that's kind of freed me up to find my true self and really try and get more centered. And it wasn't a quick process. It was years of still making mistakes and still moving through those and kind of finding myself. And then finally, you know, met my husband now and going through that process of blending a family of eight kids, you know, that that's a hard thing. And it, it, you know, doing that part of it. 
And then after I got remarried and, you know, started feeling like, you know what, hey, things are kind of starting to jive, but I'm like in the, getting in a groove and life's going a lot smoother. And I've kind of know my path and what I'm doing and I'm focused on my family and my career. I get diagnosed with breast cancer. Mm-hmm. And there you go again. I'm like, can I, can I just go a, like a year without some kind of chaos, let alone a decade would be really nice without like just something massive happening within my life. And, and so it's just been this series of experiences where I've really learned that there's two things. One is the power of letting go Mm. that if you can just look at what is being disrupting you for whatever that reason is, whatever life's just chucking at me, looking at it and going, okay, can I just let that go? Can I just walk away from it? Maybe that's not where I'm supposed to go. And, and walking away from going, Hey, I want to be here for my kids. That's a big letting go, mm-hmm. right. Of man, I'm, this may not happen. I'm, I may not see my grandkids and oh. that realization of like, how do I get to a point where I can accept that and be okay with it and just know something better is coming. Whatever that reason is, I'm, I'm a big believer in the universe or you know, guidance, whatever that is, is Mm -hmm. putting me on the right path. And fortunately my cancer journey was not easy, but successful Mm -hmm. and a lot easier than the one in eight women that do get breast cancer out there. And so I, I survived that. I survived the divorce. I survived. I'm like, you you go through life. You just go, Oh, I'm just going to survive the next thing. Okay. (laughs) Let's, let's, let's get through it. And it gave me, you know, talking at the beginning of this, it gave me a sense of mm, it's time to really focus on my purpose. Mm. Because when I get to the end of this life, whenever that may be, I'm not going to look back and go, oh, look at how amazing her career was. If my kids and family are a mess, which they go through messy times, like my family, it, it's messy. <laughs> it's just family's <laughs> messy, period, right? It's There is no ideal, perfect family that I thought was going to be out there. It just doesn't exist, but you know, that my kids know that they're loved and they're good people and, and that they're important to me that mattered. My, my relationships mattered, my understanding of the impact that I could make. I, I remember I was, I had been speaking with somebody and I said, we were talking about personal mission statements, right? Which I love that idea of setting your own personal vision for yourself and what that would be. And I, I had this thought of like, it's a little bit like a heat map, but of connections you've made within the world. So if you look at your personal heat map and I kind of color coded it, like red on my heat map means I really ticked somebody off and I made them mad and it was like an angry thing and they don't have like a good vibe with me. And maybe there's some people like that, which is okay. Like let them be mad, but <laughs> did I create something I shouldn't have? Right. And then, you know, maybe there's some yellow where I just kind of ignored people and I didn't really, you know, make an impact. And it was just kind of like some touch and that's okay too. But what I wanted to see was a lot of really bright blue. That's like my favorite color. And I wanted to see this impact where I'd really transform lives. And I just want, if I look at my heat map and life of connections, what color am I going to be? And what's that going to look like, right? From a visualization standpoint. So that's cool. You know, my, my goal is to have a lot more blue than the reds and green or reds and yellows, you know? So yeah, that was just kind of my, way. how I started to visualize what I wanted to do with my life. That's cool. I have never heard of that heat map and I like that idea a lot. And now after hearing Trina, you can see why I chose the word resilient <laughs> because <laughs> she just keeps rising up 
And Trina, you had all these challenging experiences and you could justify at this point in your life, just taking care of you and your family, just focusing on like healing or building your family and your life. And yet you've chosen to, like you said, reach out and make an impact on other people. Why do you think that drive is there for you and for all of us really to share what we've learned and help other people through what we've been through? Yeah, I'd like to say that it's not an or, that taking care of myself is really important. Mm -hmm. And and I do get burned out. I get like, this work is hard work. It's Mm -hmm. it's not easy. It can become very challenging. It's exhausting. And I remember, so I worked when I was at eBay and I was the uh, president of our global organization of women at eBay. I had this conversation with our chief diversity officer at the time. He's now the DEI officer at Zoom amazing gentleman. And he, I could tell one day he's just, you could see it in him. Like it was just, he was drawn. Right. Mm -hmm. And he said to me, I'm like, are you okay? Like, you know, what are you doing? All right. And he's like, well, this is part of it. Like I signed up for this war Mm -hmm. and, and I know that this is part of, of what I have to do. And so there's times when you go, okay, yeah, you're going to get tired and just recognizing how hard the work is to try and create more equity and inclusion and and balance in the world. It's not easy work and and it it does get exhausting. And at times I have to step back and go, you're not going to be good to anybody if you let yourself go. Mm -hmm. And, and it's, it's a daily thing for me of like recognize cave. I stood up for my chair in 12 hours. I don't know. (laughs) Like, you know, there's, there's a lot, a lot there of really trying to make sure I've got the right balance for me. Mm -hmm. And then also for my family and for work, because you can do all of them. And sometimes even for the women that are coming in and, and uh, working through life transformations, we often think it's an, or I'm either a good mom or I have a career. Mm-hmm. And that is something I have to continually remind it's an, and it's not an, or, and Jeff Bezos actually used this word called uh, work-life harmony. It's mm-hmm. not work-life balance. There is balance is a misnomer. It's not going to happen. Like it's always going to be like, okay, sometimes I'm really heavy at work. Sometimes I'm heavy on my family, and I, I work through that. But it's harmony. Like, is it working? Yeah. And can I find a way to make it all play together? And 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 when I get out of balance and it's feeling like I'm emotionally or physically exhausted, and I'm not getting my workouts in, or I'm not getting time for myself then I need to do a reset and, and refocus on that mm-hmm. and then go back to, okay, now what do I need to do next? What do I need to pull off? What do I need to delegate? What do I need to prioritize? And I do a lot of talk about letting go. I call it, there's a book out there called drop the ball by Tiffany Dufu. I didn't finish the book, but I just had to read the first chapter to get the idea of, you know what, you don't have to do everything. <laughs> I don't have to keep my house pristine. I can have dishes in the sink for four days. And if nobody else does them, then why do I feel like I need to, (laughs) right? Like (laughs) I just, I just let stuff go. It's not a priority. You know, what matters is like I said, connecting with my kids every day and, and Mm -hmm. um, finding like all the rest of it can go. There's always going to be something else there. So just making sure I have the right priorities in place. Yeah. I'm so glad that you brought up that we have to, take care of ourselves first in order to give to others. And while we've been talking about living our purpose, 
I've reminded people that your first person you serve probably needs to be you and make sure that you know how to love yourself, take care of yourself and heal from anything that can be draining your energy. So then you can go out and help other people. Yes. Thank you for reminding us of that. (laughs) With Rise Next, like what have been some of the most rewarding experiences you've had through that work and how do they kind of motivate you to keep going? Yeah, I think, you know, I was talking about this this week. So I did a presentation on finding your superpowers just this week. The biggest thing in finding your purpose is there's going to be that thing that get, I call it the pump, right? Like Mm. something that's really interesting to somebody else may not be to me, but for me, this is like, oh, it energizes me. And like those days that I'm down, it's like, it doesn't matter because this is important for me and everybody's is different, right? Everybody's pump and purpose is a little bit different, but really trying to find what that clarity is on what works for you, what gives you energy, what can you feed off of? Mm-hmm. And so as I put together Rise Next and started working through how do we put this together? I mean, we, we had some ideas out there. We took some guidance from other uh, nonprofits that have been running, but we really revised it and made it completely different. And what I found was that when we focus on the women and their issues and barriers and removing those, the tech comes super easy. Like mm. it's less about the tech and it's more about the women and their experience and really what I've seen, we went in saying, oh, this is, we're going to transition women into tech. And people think it's all about the tech and it's important. We do teach, you know, basic coding skills and and all the opportunities that are out there in the tech industry, but we're, we're not just doing career transitions. We're doing life transformations. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And we could like talk for a whole day on, you know, the 27 women that went this fall, the 30 women I have right now, the 30 women that are starting this April, each one of them has such a unique story of their own life transformation and what has happened for them because of this program. So some of those, I remember we did a a demo day and this woman rose, she's talking about her website. She's built, she's talking about all these things she learned and she goes, but what was really incredible to me is I found Rose. And it's that same thing, like when I found my true Celeste, right? Like she Mm -hmm. found Rose through that process of learning and finding Mm -hmm. out you don't have to feel guilty about investing in you and your own education and that you can do more than what you thought. And now she can help her kids do what they thought they, you know, they wanted to do. She felt more apt to be a mother, which she hadn't had before. And then I've had women that have come in really difficult backgrounds and situations had been laid off, had not been able to find work and they have master's degrees. Like people assume I'm only working with high school. Like I work from everybody from a high school degree to doctorate's degrees from mm-hmm. haven't been in the workforce for 10 years to executives at, yeah. at banking companies, right? Like it doesn't matter where you're at from an experience and education moment, you can always make a transition. And so really helping everybody, wherever they're coming from through these life transformations and saying, I can do something different than where I'm at today in a matter of two months. Yeah. And there was one last one I would share that I thought was really amazing where I was interviewing the women coming into the program this spring, this woman, her name's Rose as well. We got a couple of roses. (laughs) She, she says, you know, I was watching this woman in my neighborhood and she was just different. 
She was just, I couldn't tell what it is, but she was like happier. She was more confident. She was speaking out more. She just, her whole presentation and her whole self, it was changing. And I couldn't figure out what, what was going on with her. And so she reached out and she was one of our tech moms grads from last fall. And she said, what are you doing that's different? She's like, oh, I'm transitioning my career to tech. And there's this amazing organization that's just kind of helped her build her confidence. And that's all it took was mm-hmm. she needed the confidence to know she could do it. And she was a recent single mother. She was a music teacher that now is a full stack developer. And she wants to reteach how the education system works for teaching computer science. Cool. And you think about the impact she's going to make to so many people, right. On mm-hmm. why women and children maybe struggle with how we teach computer scientists. Cause we're not coming from an education mindset or mm-hmm. just the value these women are bringing is so incredible because of their diverse backgrounds and what they've, Oh yeah. Again, it's, like here you are living your purpose and helping other women find their purpose. Like yeah. that's just passing and it on, right? Can you find a better freaking job? I don't no. think so. I've got like the best job <laughs> on the planet. It's it's amazing. That's it. It does. It, it fulfills me. And every time I get one of these, these feedbacks or stories or like, Hey, this made impact. Here's what's happening for me. It's just, it's so rewarding. Mm. Absolutely. Love it. And so clear that as we live our purpose, like the limitations are in our head and we get hung up so much on what to do or how to do something And it really is the why you have to find the why and who you are. Mm -hmm. And that is more important. And there's so many different ways you could find that there is probably not just one thing you could do. It's the process of becoming and understanding yourself. Yeah. Yes. That's self-discovery process. Uh We were talking about that again this week in this session. And what else I found is there's a lot of reason I call it unwrapping boxes. That's the way I'm like a visualized person. Obviously I I like to see Mm -hmm. like, how would I visualize this? So as women come in, typically they've been put themselves in a, in a box, like Mm. here's the way I think I should have lived my life. And it's not working out. You know, it's that whole who moved my cheese moment of wait, life's not the way I thought it was going to be. And now I've got to provide for my family, or I really don't like just being at home. I want to have a more fulfilling career or right. Whatever it is, like, there's a reason why they're showing up. So as they come in, what I'm finding is like, it's almost like we wrap ourselves in these boxes, whether it was society told us we're supposed to be a certain way, or Mm -hmm. I'm too scared. I have a lot of fear of what might happen or what it's going to take and what this really is. Or I am afraid of how somebody else might react. Mm -hmm. Am I making, making decisions on somebody else is telling me, I'm afraid that if I go for it at the age of 50, and try and transition my career, somebody else, they're just going to turn me down because of ageism, right? Or Mm -hmm. there's a million stories we can tell ourselves. And so it's the job is to unwrap the box and open it up and let them be themselves, right? And and say, okay, remove all those layers of strings that are holding us down and open it up and see what's really there. What's the true person inside and and, uh, allowing them to figure that out is fun. Yeah. Well, let's wrap up with one awesome question which I know our audience will love to hear. Just what advice do you have for women who are over 40 and they're seeking a higher purpose in their life? How do they get started? To show up. Like (laughs) that's, that's the biggest thing is everybody's feeling that little like itch, like I should be doing something Mm -hmm. just act on it, recognize it and act on it. Because if you don't, 
there's something that you're supposed to change out there. That's not going to change. Everybody has a superpower and that's themselves. And if we're not listening to ourselves or acting on it or letting somebody else keep us from that, whether it's ourselves or somebody else, some form of change that could happen in the world isn't going to happen. And so just start taking those little steps, right? Take that first step. And then the next one and the next one don't, doesn't have to be major. It might just be, you know, listening to this podcast. That's a good step. Listening to other people you want to be like starting to visualize it, like just take those little steps and, and it'll continue that momentum to figuring out what is that purpose? What is that thing that's going to give you that pump to move forward? Yeah, so good. And I love Trina's reminder. It's a journey. You won't see the end from the beginning. You just have to get started. And not until you get to the top of the mountain, will you be able to turn around and see the path that you took to get there? But you'll find yourself there if you get started on the path. So Trina, thanks so much for being here. Absolutely. This is so fun, Vana. Yeah, it is. All right. Until next time. We'll talk some more about purpose. Thanks for being here and listening. If you feel like there's something more for you, you're right. As a life coach, I teach people in midlife to see what's been getting in their way and how to clear it up and get on with what they want next. This is the perfect time to update your mind. You'll know how to feel better now so you can get those important things going. I'm always happy to chat about your life and what you want. All you need to do is get in touch with me. You can email me at vana at midlifeconfidencecoach.com. Contact me on my website, midlifeconfidencecoach.com. Or message me on social media. I'm at Vana Davis on Instagram. You can learn more about working with me on my website or Instagram. All that's in the show notes. Take care until next time.